Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. I'm going to ask that you guys just stay standing just, uh, just for a little bit longer. I promise you're not going to stand the whole time. I promise. Um, but what I... First and foremost, I'd like to thank you guys for the opportunity um, and for the invitation to be here. Um, uh, as Pastor Richard said, man, uh, we were at, we got to know each other at, um, at home church and uh, U-Turn in Northlake, and the conversations that we have are, are amazing. I love being able to talk to this brother. We'd, we haven't spoken quite a while, and we were talking for like, uh, in the car ride at the restaurant, like we haven't, like we've never missed a beat, right? That's how amazing um, our relationship, and that's only something that God can do. And, man, on behalf of uh, U-Turn Northlake and our youth ministry, we want to congratulate you on your new space, right? This new space that you guys are in, it is amazing. It is amazing. Um, And this, I'm going to say this just for a couple seconds, right? Right? When God gives you a new space, right, there is new expectation, right? But there is new glory that God brings into a new place, amen? Right? We're not going to start yet. We're not going to start yet. Um, up, on behalf of my wife, um, uh, Pastor Richard said that I'm a family man. I love families. I love being together with families. Um, and on behalf of my family, I hope my wife and my son couldn't make it. Um, God is good. I have a one-year-old. Amen. Um, he has a, a year and a month. And it's amazing. And now I'm reminded of how out of shape I am because I get to chase him everywhere. Right? right? But God is good. God is good. Um, I'm going to ask that uh, every hand be lifted in this place. As we begin to pray, um, I only know how to open a service one way. God just built me this way, right? And before I pray, I'm just going to ask if you could just take the next 10 to 20 seconds and let's just give God a shout of praise, amen? And just give a, a shout of thankfulness, amen? On the count of three, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. God, we thank you, God. We thank you. We love you. Thank you for being here, God. Thank you for the space that you have made available for us to come together and worship and praise you. God, you are marvelous. God, you are majestic. God, we thank you for who you are and all that you are doing, God. You are gracious. You are marvelous. Oh, God, we just thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are awesome. And right where you are, Father, we thank you for the word that you're about to bring into this place. Lord, we ask that you remove every blockage that may be on our heart, Father. Lord, we ask that you dig out our ears so we can hear, hear what you have for us. Just we pray in your name and we say, amen. You may be seated. Those are my football skills coming up. The title of my message this morning is called Level Up. Tell your neighbor, say it's time to level up. Look at your neighbor, say you cannot stay where you are anymore. Look at him again and say, tell him I ain't playing now. It's time to get moving. Amen, right? So when we talk about going to the next level, right, um, I am forever a fan of video games. I am forever a fan fan of sports. It's never going to change, right? And one of my favorite things about sports and not just um, 
video entertainment, right, is that there's always opportunities for growth. There's always opportunities for something in us to evolve into a change, right? I'm not talking about evolve in science. I'm talking about the uh, uh, evolving, right, and when God does something in your life. Are you with me, church? See, where, I, see where I'm at, I got, I got to have a conversation, right, with the congregation. So I'm going to ask you, are you with me? You got to say, Pastor, I'm with you. Amen. All right, so we're going to get this going. This is going to be real good, right? Going to the next level, right, comes with a certain understanding, right? And that understanding states that I can no longer stay where I am at. Look at your neighbor. You cannot stay where you are. Right? It comes with an understanding that says where I currently am can no longer sustain me. Right? Where we are, where you work. Where whatever was providing for you, whatever was nurturing for you, is no longer sufficient because when God provides increase, where you are right now can no longer provide for you. Does that make sense, church? Because when God moves you from one place to another, there's a new need, there's a new hunger. So when God begins to move something that is inside of you, let me tell you something. You know that when God is taking you to the next level, when all of a sudden what used to sustain you, what used to feed you, all of a sudden you have more hunger. All of a sudden there's a bigger desire. All of a sudden it's, it's all, of a, all of a sudden you have more questions about when you read the word. All of a sudden when you would read for five, ten minutes, it's no longer satisfying because you need to know more and that is something only God can do because when God makes see let me tell you something that is something of uncomfortableness does that make sense church because when God makes you uncomfortable it's because he's poking at you I'm not going to ask you to poke your neighbor because that might be a little uncomfortable right but when God begins to nudge you it's because he's preparing you for more tell your neighbor it's time to get some more You can no longer stay where you are. Everything around you can no longer sustain you. If you choose to remain where you are, you will become stuck and stagnant. And I asked God, I said, God, what is, what is being stuck and stagnant look like? Right? Because we hear these words stuck, right? And, and uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you, right? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I can't be up here and, 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 and just preach something and not be real, right? There once was a time, right, and I was at a, a you kids event, right, and I had to get a kid, right, and it's not because he was being bad. He just wasn't being obedient, right? right? He wasn't being obedient, right? And I got the short stick, and I had to come fetch this kid, right? So I got into, uh, into the play arena, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I'm – with grace and, and, and grace and love, right? Because these are children. You can't just be yelling at kids these days, right? So I go there and I tell them, hey, you know what? Um, Johnny, it's time for you to come come down. We're, we're getting ready to close. Um, your mom and dad are waiting for you, right? And we're in this part where he can clearly see, right, outside, right? And I'm looking. I'm like, wow, we're pretty high up. Like, we're pretty high up. All right? And he can see his mom and dad. I'm like, look, Johnny, right? And I'm like, look, Johnny, your, your mom and dad are ready for you, right? And he's, he looks at me. He says, Ask me if I care. I said, Lord, if there was ever a moment for a double portion of peace, right, can I get some right now? I said, Johnny, it's time to come down. 
right? All of a sudden, my voice changed, right? Because sometimes when God speaks to you and you don't move, all of a sudden, his, his tone has to change to get your attention. You're with me, church, right? So I said, Johnny, it's time to come down. And this little boy, right, right decided to run away, right? Let me tell you something. When God has something for you, when God has a purpose for you, God will continue to chase you no matter how disobedient you are because that's how God loves you. That's how God has, when God has something for you, it's never ending and he's going to constantly chase you, right? So I had the lovely opportunity to chase this young, this young boy, right? And he went down the slide, right? And I was just so in the moment that I dove head first in the slide and I got stuck, and I got stuck, right? And I'm and I'm and I'm squirming, and I'm like I'm like I'm hoping that I sweat, right, to produce like some juice just to get out of here, right? Lo and behold, right, it took like three people like connected to get me out from the other side, right? But that's what it looks like when you're stuck, right? Because when you're in motion and you're moving from one place to another and you're constantly moving, right, eventually you get to a point where you see and you think you have vision and you think you know where you need to go and you have this end of agenda, but you cannot reach what you're searching for. You can, you can no longer reach and, what, and extend for what's there because you're stuck. Right? I asked God, I said, God, please don't let me share this. This is really embarrassing. Right? So God gave me another one. Right? Have, has anyone ever seen anyone stuck in traffic because of a car accident and their car's broken down and all of a sudden everyone behind them can no longer move because of the situation that you're in? Let me tell you something. When God moves you from one place to the next and you're not ready, you're not prepared, and you're not focused, and you're not listening, everyone that is attached to where you need to go will also become stagnant, church. They will become stagnant, right? Because we are not aware and we are not focused and attentive to what God is telling us. Look into your neighbor. It's time to level up. It's time to focus on what God has for you. You can no longer stay where you are because nobody stays in kindergarten to remain in kindergarten. Nobody studies and stays in the same place to remain because when God is fulfilling your need and when you're full, he will take you to the next place. Are you with me, church? We're going to jump to the book of Philippians chapter 3 and we'll read verses 7 through 8. And the word of God says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Reaching the next level is understanding that complete dependency is meant to be placed on God and God alone. You cannot ask God to take you from one place to the next when you're too dependent on your own capabilities, when you're too dependent on everything that you think you're capable to do, when you're too dependent on your talents, on your skills, and everything that you've educated yourself on. Because we have to understand everything that we have, 
that has been in us, that is built up to now, God has provided from day one. God has supplied from day one. You didn't get you to where you are. The only place you can get yourself is in a situation you shouldn't be in. The only place you can take yourself is into a hole that you think you can't climb out of. But when God decides and God chooses to give you everything that you need, it's because he does it out of his will. Because when God takes you from one place to the next, from one space to the next, he gives you everything that you need, church. Am I speaking to somebody today? We are not created to be in control of our own life. The minute we choose to become reliant on ourselves, we make way for sin to come and disrupt what God is doing in our life. See, we have to be able to see things from a different perspective. And I'm not going to get there yet, but think about that. A lot of times we just see sin as something that sets, up, sets us apart from God. Sometimes we just see sin as um, for what it is and what we're struggling with, right? But sin is a disruptor to the plan of God. How many times have you tried to get closer to God, but you've been too stuck into your, into your addiction, right, and focused on your addiction? I got to get out. I got to get out, right? But when you stay focused on what it is, you linger and you stay. Does that make sense, church? Sin is a disruptor, right? And how do we know this? We see it at the very beginning of the Bible, right? When we open up in the book of Genesis, right, everything is great, everything is fine, right? We read about Adam and Eve and how they came to be about, and all of a sudden we see the serpent, which is the enemy that comes in, already trying to disrupt what God had created at the very beginning. He tried to do it then. When else did he do it? And when we jump into the New Testament and Jesus is fasting for 40 days, right, and, um, and, he's, and, he's, uh, and, and Satan appears, right, he's trying to deter him from the cross, church. Satan, all he does with the sin and the manipulation is meant to bring disorder and to keep you from where God is trying to take you. Sin can be a hindrance to what God is doing in your life in your ministry, and in your family, because sin is meant to disrupt. Are you with me, church? But what God puts in motion can never be stopped. Because he didn't succeed in the Garden of Eden, and he didn't succeed because Jesus made it to the cross. Jesus died for you and I. Jesus bled and he shed his blood for you and I. Every time Satan think he had a one-up on God, says, I don't think so. You're going to stay exactly where you are. Because, when, because what we don't understand is that when Satan came in the beginning, right, he, was craw- he, was, he had legs. All of a sudden God took him out. We have to understand that everything that hinder us, we have the opportunity, if you choose, to give it to God. And God will take the very thing that's bringing disorder and take out its legs. If Satan didn't prevail then, he will not prevail now. Dependency must remain on God and God alone. Let's jump to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. And the word.
word of the Lord says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So for those of us that don't know the backstory of Zacchaeus, yes, he was a tax collector. But to understand what a tax collector was, right, in the New Testament, right, tax collectors were thieves. Tax collectors, right, they would come and they collect taxes, right, but they wouldn't come with the proper price you had to pay. There was always a 10, 20, maybe 30% increase depending on the tax collector, right, because that's how they made their wealth. They gave what they needed to turn in, and they pocketed the rest for themselves. He was so wealthy because he was good at what he did. That was his focus. That was his vision. To succeed off the need of other people. He abused his position. He abused his authority only to collect riches. He used his position to take advantage of people for more money. His sight was focused on greed and wealth. But everything changed when Zacchaeus decided to change his focus. Are you with me, church? Right? Because the Bible tells us that he, cried, that he climbed this, the sycamore tree. Right? A lot of other uh, sermons and, and teachings when you read about this, right, they call the sycamore tree the sycamore tree because to, to, to know about Jesus, to have a deeper relationship with Jesus, sometimes you just got to climb a little higher than you really are. Right? And all of a sudden... Zacchaeus, we find him where he's at, and he hears about Jesus coming to town, right? One thing we have to know about the Old Testament, right, is that everything that Jesus did, there was no flyer, right? There was no video, right? There was no plane in the sky, like flying a banner saying Jesus was coming. Everything that Jesus did traveled by word of mouth. All the miracles, right? The way he communicated, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he was with his disciples. It all traveled from town to town by word of mouth. One thing you have to ask yourself while about going to the next level is what are people saying about you? Can I be real? What are people saying about you? What is it that's going on in your life right, that's happening, that's active to the point where you come into a setting in church and God is moving but you have everything around you what people are saying. This was where Zacchaeus was. But like I said, he climbed the sycamore tree, the sycamore tree. So he began to climb, and when he saw Jesus, something inside him decided to change, church. Something inside him decided to change. Because when he saw Jesus, and Jesus told him to come down, right, the narrative changed in his story, right? Because he saw something 
in Jesus that reflected something on the inside internally. All of a sudden, when he looked at the Son of Man, the Savior that was going to die for us, right? He didn't even do it yet. And at that moment, something inside him decided to change. And when he got down and sat and ate with Jesus, he decided to return everything that he stole. Because when you have your sight set on Jesus and you focus on Jesus, everything changes, church. Everything changed because of his choice to see Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on the word of God, the purpose of God, and the promises of God. Because where, are, because where you're looking and where you're casting your vision is where you will end up. That will be your destination. Zacchaeus' destination was greed and wealth. That was his vision. That's what he worked towards, right? But when he saw Jesus, it changed. Every, his heart changed. When you and I begin to cast our vision on what God has for us and his purpose for us and everything that we want to see him do in our lives, our perspective will change and our end result will be different. All because we fixed and we changed our vision. I have a, an uncle um, that is a pastor, and one of the things that he always told me is that the eyes are the windows to the soul. What we see is important. What we see and what, what our visions are are important. Not only will they make you or break you, but it determines where you are spiritually, amen? God is a God of vision. And we have to be too, amen? Let's jump to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47 and we'll read verses 1 through 5. And it says, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, where the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that nobody can cross. And what we just read is what I need you to visualize. The temple represents God, and the river flowing from the temple represents his presence and his spirit. Scripture tells us that there are four levels of the depthness, right? He said that, uh, Scripture tells us that it, it measured off a thousand cubits, right? Um, in today's terms, right, because we don't measure in cubits. There's no tape measure. You're never going to find a tape measure or a ruler that measures in cubits. You won't. You won't. Right? I don't even think my phone can convert it. Actually, that's not true. Siri can. I asked. Right? But, um, but when I did ask Siri, right, um, 
1,000 cubits is 1,750 feet. 1,750 feet long, right? So when he started measuring, right, from the temple, 1,750 feet, it got to a point where the river was up to his ankles. 1,750 feet later, the water was up to his knees. As we continue another 1,750 feet, the water was waist deep. And another 1,750 feet, I call it too deep. I call it too deep because I'm, I'm not a good swimmer, right? I'm not a good swimmer. Um, I drowned like almost twice. I drowned almost twice. So when, when, uh, when we go to like water parks and stuff and, uh, and the youth are like, hey, we're going to go swimming. I'm like, cool, you guys go. I'll be over here, right? Because I rain in the shadow water, right? That's uh, in the shallow water, right? That's not biblical, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. 1,750 feet is a long length, right? But the length doesn't matter. What matters is when you get to the end and how far the water rises. The question I have for you, church, the question I have for you, U-Turn Orlando, the question I have for you for every visitor that's here, right, is when it comes to the presence of God, where do you find yourself? Where do you find yourself? Because God did not call nobody. God does not want anybody to stay in just one place. There's ankle, there's waist, there's knee, and there's too deep. Church, God wants us to get to a place where we are too deep in his presence, where we are too full of his spirit, where we are too, too deep, too hard to swim, because when it seems to be complicated, God is reigning supreme. Because when we're full of God's presence, God is in full control. Amen. Depending where God takes you relies on your current position. There's nothing wrong with ankle deep. There's nothing wrong with that. If you woke up this morning and you leave here and you go home and you get on your knees and pray and you say, God, I'm in ankle, I'm in ankle deep water, I'm in ankle deep territory, I'm in ankle deep faith, that's okay because you're acknowledging where you are. But understand, if you've been in ankle-deep faith, if you've been in the presence of God at only an ankle-deep level, and it's been about 10, 20 years, then there's something wrong. That means that there's, there's, you're stuck and you're stagnant in your life. Does that make sense, church? God doesn't give us a portion of who he is and leaves you alone. God gives you a portion of what's good. God gives you a portion of what's merciful. God gives you a portion of what his grace feels like. God gives you a portion and a taste of what his spirit feels like when he touches you, right? But it's never just to leave you in the same place. It's always to leave you wanting more because when you hunger more, you search for more. When you search for more, you gain more knowledge, you gain more wisdom. When you gain more knowledge and more wisdom, you begin to put into practice everything that comes from heaven and you release it onto the earth so everybody can see what God does so everybody can see and realize that there is a God that sent his son to die on the cross. And he didn't just stay there. He reigns in everything that we do. 
you got to look at your neighbor and say, I don't know where you are, but it's time to get to the next level. It's time to get to the next place. It's time to get to the next space. It's time to get to the next place where you are. It's time to move forward because God never left anybody to stay in one place. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. over to, to Pastor Richard. Sometimes a change of place can be intimidating. In our church, um, we have different rooms. And our youth ministry, we were in this room. I enjoyed the room. I love the room. We got to paint it. We got to um, decorate it however we wanted it. We, uh, we painted it black with this neon spray paint so that uh, when we had our place of worship and our place to hang out, um, we turned on certain lights and then everything that was on the wall would illuminate. So it could be a reminder that every time God does something in our lives, he illuminates, he shines bright. And it got to a point where we were we were packing the room, right? And it was good. I loved it, right? Um, but it was also nasty at the same time because there was no, like, ventilation. So everyone's in there all hot and sweaty, right? And worshiping God together. And and I was ghetto as heck. I got, like, like five different fans from Menards. And all I'm doing is just, like, like circulating, like, musty air in the room, right? And it's, and, but we were challenged to move to the room next door. The room next door was bigger. All of a sudden, what I saw God doing looked differently because the space was bigger, and all of a sudden, the numbers looked smaller. That's not the right perspective. That's not the right perspective. Because when God moves you to a new space, and it seems like it's empty, all God is saying, I'm preparing room for more. I'm preparing chairs for more, more souls, more victory, more lives changed, more lives healed. But I wouldn't have gotten it if I didn't look at Jesus like Zacchaeus did. And I didn't come dependent on Jesus. And if I didn't allow God to take me from one level of faith to the next. This isn't in my notes, but I feel that this is what God wants me to share. There's another part of Ezekiel after 1 and 5 that I didn't, that's not in my notes. And it says that um, as Ezekiel was with the man, right, the river kept flowing, right, and it went into places that were dead. When God sends, when God sends his presence, when God sends a river into a place that is dead, one, that's intentional. Two, it's because there are dead things there that have been dead for too long because I serve a God that is a God of resurrections and he doesn't just leave things to stay dead. So when God sent the river to this place, right, the Bible says that it took it into the Dead Sea, right? Man, when you look at the image of the Dead Sea, when you Google it, it is like the most ugliest thing that you've ever seen. 
and it's horrible, right? But when God heals, God transforms. All of a sudden, when it looked like one thing, it doesn't look like it no more because what God touches, God changes. And as we begin to read the scripture, right, as uh, the river kept on flowing, right, past the Dead Sea, right, all of a sudden, um, greenery and wildlife started to flourish. Trees that were no longer growing began to grow. Church, I believe 100% without a shadow of a doubt that U-Torn Orlando will be a river that represents the river of God and it will extend into these dead places and bring healing to people that don't think they can be healed. That'll bring faith to the faithless. That'll bring hope to the hopeless. Because that is the God that we worship and serve, church. Let's give a hand clap to the Lord. Amen. As Pastor Richard comes forward. Amen. We know that was a powerful word, right? Let's just begin to worship the Lord this morning. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.